So now I get to introduce uh, a, a young man that I am just really honored to be friends with. God crossed our paths a couple of years ago. I have just been so grateful to just be friends with him. He is such an encouragement and just as a friend, one of the most free-spirited guys that I've ever met, lighthearted, but just very laser focused on the kingdom and loving God. He has been through some of these storms in his life that he prayed for that storm to go north, for that storm to go south, and he had to hunker down, and he and his wife, Julia, and they had to face things head on, and uh, he's got a testimony of his daughter. I don't know how much he's going to tell of it, but Georgia uh, had, had a very rare type of disease when she was born, and uh, it's been a real struggle for their family, but they have seen the faithfulness of God in their life at every turn. That's why when this man gets up and he starts sharing the hope of Jesus, don't let the good-looking smile fool you. Don't let all the nice, trendy clothes fool you. There's something deep on the inside of this man that's about to walk up here tonight. His name is Pastor Chad Veach. He is from Zoe Church, L.A., and we honor him. Come on, put your hands together for him. Stand up on your feet. Amen. If you have a Bible, go to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, verse number 1. And uh, wow, this is night one of the Revival Nights. What, man, what's the rest of them going to look like? My God, first night, the whole place is packed. Filled with the presence of God. I got to be honest with you. This is my kind of meeting. I just got to, I ain't into the, the cute church and we just patty cake and God's good. When Timmy and Ricky, they're just going to get blessed. I'm not into it. This is my kind of church service. So I'm pumped to be here. And uh, I flew in from Los Angeles. Hey, my wife and I, uh, three years ago with a team of people, planted a church. You guys helped us, by the way. I want to thank you to the generosity of your church. And uh, we started church three years ago. And in three years, we've seen 4,500 people say yes to Jesus. Isn't that fantastic? So pretty unbelievable and uh we're excited about it my wife and i in uh two weeks are celebrating 10 years of marriage that unbelievable so she's very blessed and uh... <laughs> okay um but um we have four four kids together. Like Pastor said, um, I have a six-year-old daughter named Georgia. I got a four-year-old named Winston, a two-year-old named Mavie, Maverick Montgomery. And the newest addition, we got a six-month-old brand-new baby. Listen to his name. His name is Clive Ellington Veach. Is that good? Is that going to be strong? He's going to be a singer. Clive Ellington. Yeah, I like it. But God has been truly so good to us. Has God been good to you? Come on, let's clap one more time and just thank God for being so good. Hey, let me ask you, do you love your pastors? Like, do you love them? Love them. Put your hands together if you love your pastors right here in the front row. I love y'all so much. I love the whole family. I think Jude has the best smile I ever done seen. And uh, we named our church after Zoe. 
and just, you guys are remarkable. You're world class. You're so kind. I love hanging out with you guys. I love coming to just be around. And uh, everywhere I see you, it doesn't matter where I see you, in New York or Miami or here at your own, your home church, you guys are the same everywhere you go. So godly, so excellent, so kind, so creative. And I just want to say I'm a big fan. Just such a big fan of you guys. Thank you. Come on, clap louder than that. Love you guys. Uh, by the way, the Bible says, if you love your pastors, you buy them Starbucks gift cards. Don't be cheap. Get you a blessing. Come on. But I love you guys. Okay, Acts chapter 19. Are you there in your Bible? Okay, I'm going to jump in for the sake of time. I'm, I'm just going to preach to you what I preach on Sunday at our church. Is that all right? We, 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 we've been going through a series at our church on the Holy Ghost, on the Holy Spirit, and I just felt like it's going to fit right now for the Revival Nights. Maybe God was getting me ready for tonight, right? Because when I, when I saw Revival Nights, I go, well, there, we got the message for it. This is it, okay? So Acts 19. Acts 19, look at somebody and say, let's go. Look at your other person you ignored that you don't favor as much and say, it's good to see you too. Okay. Acts 19. Okay. Thank you so much. Can you, don't go too far. Put your hands together for the keyboard player. What's, what's his name? Hank, is he married? Oh, snap. Got a girl? Okay, ladies, uh, Hank loves Jesus. Tickles them ivories. And uh, just a great man of God. And uh, if, you, uh, if you want, he'll be right there at the end of the service. <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. Okay. Okay, Acts 19. Acts 19. Go there in your Bible. Uh, let me just, uh, just kind of lay some groundwork. We believe uh, here that, that we, we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The beautiful third person of the Trinity. And so I want, I want to talk about a, a love and a passion for the beautiful third person. By the way, the Holy Spirit is a person with a personality. I think he's got an awesome personality because some translations, the pa Passion Translation, says that he is, they call him the divine encourager. That's my kind of personality. Because anytime you get around an encouraging personality, they always smile, they're upbeat, they're happy. They're not cowboy fans. Because cowboy fans got to walk around like this. Uh, uh, I know because I'm a Seahawk fan. <laughs> okay, so I know what it feels like. But, but he is the divine encourager. <laughs> he is. He, what happened, man? That's crazy. Okay, so, so I didn't think that was going to happen. Anyways, so, so. He is the divine encourager, so his personality is positive. So remember, before, right before Jesus goes, most theologians think it's about 10 to 12 days before he goes back to heaven. He keeps telling the guys, John 14 through 16, he's like, guys, you don't even understand. It's to your advantage that I go. In fact, Jesus starts using the Trinity in one, one sentence. He goes, unless I go away, the Father cannot send the Helper. So this is a team thing. He's like, guys, I, I have to. 
trust me, it's to your advantage I go because I'm going to send somebody better. I'm just going to be honest. If I was one of the disciples and Jesus is like, somebody better than me is coming, I would have been like, yeah, right. <laughs> somebody better than you is coming? Yeah, right, Jesus. Does the new guy walk on water? Does the new guy turn water into wine? Because I remember we was at that party turning up and you turned the water into wine. Can the new guy do that? Because I've seen you heal blind people, deaf people, mute people, and dead people. Can the new guy do that, Jesus? Yeah, right, somebody better than you is coming. Jesus keeps hyping him up. Somebody better than me is coming. He'll come, he'll, he'll guide you, lead you, comfort you, convict you, teach you. He, he, he's hyping him up. In fact, right before he goes back, he says, guys, you have to stay here in the city. You cannot leave until the helper comes. The day of Pentecost happens. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes, and they're filled with the power of God. I want to encourage you tonight that God does not want you to treat. A lot of people, when I say Holy Spirit, immediately you think of somebody weird that you know. Tell the truth and shame the devil. When I say Holy Spirit, you think of a Holy Spirit church or a Holy Spirit person that acted weird, did weird stuff. I'm just going to argue with you tonight for a moment. Can I just say this? Those people that were weird with the Holy Spirit, they would be weird without the Holy Spirit. Because let's just be honest, they just flat out weird. Okay? So the Holy Spirit is not weird. The Holy Spirit is God. And he is the helper that we need in our life. Oh, I love this, Acts 19. Reading your Bibles. This is Paul the Apostle. Watch what happens. And it happened. While Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you, um, did you guys receive the Holy Spirit when you guys believed? So they said to him, um, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, well, what? <laughs> What were you baptized into? So they said, well, we were baptized into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were baptized into the spirit of Jesus. They were baptized, and when they get baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says they started to prophesy and they went out with boldness, and they were a witness everywhere they went. I want to tell you that the, the boldness and the purpose that you need to live in in order for you to fulfill the call that's on your life cannot happen until you receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you will go out and you will live not in natural strength, but in supernatural strength. You will not walk in the ordinary. You will walk in the extraordinary. You will not tap into human strength. You will tap into divine strength. Come on, somebody clap and thank God tonight that you, you and I, we must receive the promise and the person, the Holy Spirit. I want to preach a message tonight. You can just write down the title. I'm going to give you a few things to write down tonight. You might, might as well pull out your phone or your, your notebook. Write down the title. It's called, We Haven't Even Heard. And maybe you have not heard about how awesome and beautiful and encouraging 
and wonderful the Holy Spirit is, maybe you have not heard yet, I'm here to tell you tonight that this is not an inferior God we're talking about. We don't go God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We are in love with our Father God. We are in love with Jesus. He is first. He is always. And we're in love with the Holy Spirit. Maybe he's the God you never knew. I want to convince you tonight that he's active in your life. He's in love with you. And he's come to encourage you. Amen to that. Come on, let's bow our heads and pray. Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you that at this church we declare you are first and you are always. Lord, we ask that you would open up our eyes tonight so we can see you and open up our ears so we can hear you do something unique and profound from every single revival night. We thank you that there's a unique purpose for each one of these nights. We are here to receive all of it. We don't want some of what you have for us. We want all that you have for us. We love you so much, and God, we thank you just so that our pastor can preach well on Sunday that the Dallas Cowboys will win their game. We thank you it's for us, but it's for him. In Jesus' name, and we all said together, Come on, let's clap, church. If you love your pastor, you want a good message. Somebody say amen. Um, I, don't like to, uh, I don't like to make social mistakes. You ever make a social mistake? Like you, you drive home, you're like, why did I say that? You know what I'm talking about? Or you call somebody by the wrong name or, you know, you, you, you get in your car, you flies down. You social mistakes. You know what I'm talking about? We all make. I find myself, I always make the same social mistake. Every single time I make the mistake, I'm like, why are you that guy? I hate this guy, and I'm always acting like this guy. Now, it always happens where you ever have a friend that, like, when they find out that you have not heard of that restaurant, haven't heard of that app, haven't heard that song yet, haven't heard, seen that YouTube video. When they find out, they treat you like you're dumb. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You can point at them if you'd like to if they're here. Just, it's the worst. It's the worst because they act so appalled that you've been at work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're paying bills. <laughs> they act so appalled that you have other things going on other than social media in your life. Like, they just, they're like, are you for real? Like, they just get mad at you like, where have you been? Like, what's wrong with you? I find myself always making this mistake with my wife. I, I, I tell myself I'm never going to do it again. I always do it again. In fact, I'm just obsessed with the news. I don't know how many of you love the news, but I watch the news all day long. I like Fox News, CNN, Twitter. I just keep, because I want to, my, my, my biggest fear, my biggest fear is that I'll be in some social situation, people will be talking about current events, and I wouldn't know what's going on. I like to stay up on what's happening in our culture. I think the church should know more about what's happening than anybody else. Somebody give me an amen for that. We ain't just all up in the word and not knowing how to relate to culture. We're all up in the word and studying culture so we can bring the word to the culture. Somebody say amen. So we're not going to just hide out in the prayer closet. We'll come out with something to say, okay? So, so the other day, you know, like I'll come up to my wife like, babe, did you, did, you see, did you see the stuff with Colin Kaepernick? Did you see Serena yell at the umpire? Did you see the, the hurricane? And, I'm, and every time I ask my wife, I know the answer, but I still ask her. I'm like, babe, did you see it? And she's like, no. She's so sweet and kind. She's like, no, I haven't. And I, I make the mistake. I'm always like, for real? Where you been? 
What's wrong with you? Like, are all you doing all day is changing diapers? Like, what? Like, and then she's kind of like whimpering. She's like, yes. Like, and I'm like, and then I realized, oh my gosh, you're raising our four kids while I'm on my phone. This is, this is terrible. I'm the worst person. You're, you're the saint of God. I want to talk tonight, and I do not want to approach the subject of the Holy Spirit like, for, like you haven't heard. I want to teach you tonight in an encouraging fashion, in an uplifting fashion, in an exciting way. Come on, good news. Whether you knew it or not, I'm here to tell you the Holy Spirit, He is available, He is active, He is willing, He is here, He is God, He is good. I wish you'd clap a little bit louder if you're grateful tonight. He is the Spirit of the living God. Have you heard? We got the Holy Ghost just love this. In fact, write down number one. Really what I'm saying and really what Paul was saying has, have you heard about God? He's talking about not just a spirit. He's talking about, have you heard about God? When we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're not talking about just a spirit. We are talking about God. I love that story. Remember, Ananias and Sapphira. If you don't know the Bible, this story is amazing. When the, when the church first starts, in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit gets poured out. In Acts chapter 5, these guys have already been, you know, house to house. They've been doing Bible studies. The church is growing like crazy. Amazing things are going on. People are sharing everything. And Ananias and Sapphira, they sell a piece of property and make some money. They come into some money. Show me the money. We're not talking about like a couple quarters, money. What you got in the bag, money. Now the Bible says that these, this couple, they, whether it's greed or stinginess or whether they don't have a revelation on giving, they're like, we got to keep something back for us. We're going to give a little bit to the church. Oh, I love that thought that you had. Revival, what would you say? Revival starts with generosity and generosity will lead to revival. Something like that. Yeah. And so whatever it was, I was in the front row. It's God. It's God. No, that's God. No, I, I didn't say it right, but it's God. <laughs> we have these pastor friends in New York, and the, 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 the wife is Italian, and, when, and his name's Pastor Mike. And when Pastor Mike starts preaching good, she'll go, it's good, Mike, it's good. <laughs> but, it, but if she don't like what he's saying when, he, when, when he's preaching, she'll go like this. She'll go, no, Mike, no. I don't like it. I said, wow, she's not invited to my church. Okay. <laughs> so Ananias and Sapphira, they're like, no, we got to keep some back. So when the church leaders, they ask them, hey, did y'all, I love this, Acts 5, just watch here. As it comes on the screen, this is verse 3 and 4, Acts 5, 3 and 4. Watch what it says when they lied to the church leaders. How is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? You have not lied just to human beings, but you just lied to God. Because the Holy Spirit is God. He's not inferior. He's not different. He's not over there. It's not like God and Jesus are so good and then they got this little brother. No, he's God. Have you heard about how good God is? Just love the Holy Spirit. In fact, write down number two. The Holy Spirit is in you for you, but he's on you for others. 
This is why Jesus is so excited. He's so pumped. He's like, guys, it's to your advantage. It's to your advantage. I got to go away. The helper would come. Why is he so excited? Because Jesus knew he could only be one place at one time for one circumstance. But he knew that when he died for the sins of the world, rose from the dead, that the Spirit of God would no longer hover on the earth. The Spirit of God would live on the inside. And the same Spirit that raised him from the dead, come on, help me preach tonight. The same Spirit that raised him from the the dead come on would live on the inside you want to know where the holy spirit resides he doesn't live in this building the holy spirit doesn't live in a church service the holy spirit lives in you he's got he's got residency there he lit and he is in you for you he is in you, and he, I'm telling you, he is so committed. In fact, watch this list. I'm going to put it on the screen. Watch why the Holy Spirit is in you. This is what he does. He is, he is all these things. Can we put up that, that slide? He is our leader. He is our encourager. He is our comforter. I'm just saying these by memory right now. He is our, do we have that slide? That's fine. I'll read it from my holy iPad if you don't got it. He is, he is our leader. He is our comforter. He's our encourager. He's our teacher. He's our reminder. He's our convictor. So the Holy Spirit is in you. Watch what he does. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He's just like, all right, new day, new opportunity. What do you need today? I'm going to lead you today. I'm going to remind you of the call that's on your life. I'm going to encourage your spirit. What, what do you need? I'm going to teach you how, how to walk with Jesus, how to be a husband, how to be a father, how to be a wife, how to be a business leader, how to be a, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to, what do you need right now? I'm going to convict you. Oh, God. Please hear me. By the way, we have gotten this verse on conviction so wrong. And he will come and he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. That sounds so intense. You want to know what Jesus is really saying? And he will come and convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He will come and convict you of sin. That the need for a savior was so great that God sent his son to take away your sin and die for your sin. Not that there's sin in your life, but you can put your eyes not on how bad you are, but how good he is. He will convict you that someone took away your sin. He will convict you. You don't have to walk in that addiction. He will, righteousness? He'll convict you that you don't have a righteousness of your own. You have a righteousness by faith in Christ Jesus who has imputed to you his righteousness. He will convict you of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Judgment that you don't have to stand before judgment because Jesus already took it away and stood in your place and took all the weight and all the penalty so that you could be free. Somebody thank God that the conviction of your life is not how bad you are. Come on, it's how good he is. Anybody feel conviction about Jesus? He is first. He is always. He's my God. He's my righteousness. He took away my judgment. So the Holy Spirit is in you for you. He is in you for you. He is living you. Every day the Holy Spirit wakes up. He's like, all right, it's time to work, 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 work. And I'm just going to. Oh, I feel like I'm in Orlando. And so I'm going to come and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to guide. I'm going to lead. I'm going to comfort. I'm going to shape. I'm going to mold. I'm going to help. I'm going to encourage. I'm going to lift your head. He is at work. Even when you're not at work, he is still at work. The Holy Spirit done work the night shift, the morning shift, the day shift. He works every shift. He does not work in your life when you're doing good. He works in your life when you're doing bad. 
That's why some of you are terrible at sin. I was with a guy the other day in our church. He's he's a big rock star guy, and he was telling me, he said, man, I have been to bed with the most beautiful women and been right there almost about to go, and I can't do it because I've got conviction. I said, yeah, that's the Holy Ghost on the inside saying you're better than this. You know better. I've got a plan for your life. You're called to live in the light, not in the darkness. You don't need to have some night when i got a wife prepared for you. Somebody thank God tonight. The Holy Spirit is in you. He's in you for you. He's in you for you. He's living on the inside. What's he doing right now? Spring up, oh well. He's in you for you. He's in you for you. He has residency in your life. He lives on the inside. He's going to work. Even when you're in rebellion, even when you're insubordinate against God, the Holy Spirit doesn't wait for you to get good and ready. The Holy Spirit will mess with you in the worst times, talking about how much Jesus loves you, how much of a plan that God has for you. He is on the inside of you. He is working. It's to your advantage I go away. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's going to come on the inside. Oh, I just love him so much. He's my encourager. He's my reminder. He is my leader. He is my teacher. He is my convictor. He is my comforter. I've gone through hell and back. Anybody else? I have cried my pillowcase full of tears. Anybody else? I know what it means to have my heart broken, and I know what it means to have my heart broken, and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the joy of the Lord, the peace that surpasses all understanding. I wish somebody would give a witness to how awesome the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. Come on. You would be dead and gone. Unless the Holy Spirit done rose up and been the resurrection on the inside. He's in you for you. He's in you for you. He's on the inside for you. He's serving you, loving you, giving to you, helping you, shaping you. He's in you for you. He's in you for you, and I love this. He's on you for others. So the Holy Spirit... This is his role. He's on the inside of me. I think the reason why Jesus said, it's your advantage, I go away, because he knew how discouraged we get. Fall into comparison. Greed. Holy Spirit said, no, come on, lift your hand. Thou, O Lord, are the lifter of my hand. And how does he do it? The Spirit of Christ. Spirit of Jesus. So he's in me. Because he knows how much I need it. I need the Holy Spirit. Anybody else? You ought to just make a new practice in your life. You ought to wake up in the morning and just go, Good morning, Holy Spirit. How do you want to encourage me today? And the Holy Spirit, he'll take you from feeling down, defeated, discouraged, looking at your bank account, looking at other people's lives looking at our culture and our world, and the Holy Spirit just, all of a sudden, you, you give the Holy Spirit two, three minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, all of a sudden, you like, God is for me? Who can be against me? Isn't that right? Because he's in me, but he's on me for others. Jesus walks into the church, and he grabs the score of the prophet Isaiah, and he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Because he's anointed me to do some stuff. So why did Jesus say, don't nobody leave until you get the ghost? Don't nobody try and start the church 
until you receive the promise and the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he knew there's no way they could go and change the world unless they receive the power of God. So he says, guys, by the way, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then all of a sudden you'll have these gifts. You'll have these Avenger supernatural abilities to go out and not just help people. Like, I just want to encourage people. Just want to give some TED Talks and like Oprah and Gandhi and stuff. Just sweet. No, I want to actually, in fact, I don't know if they have this list, but let me show you the gifts that come from the Holy Spirit. Let me just read a few gifts. This is words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, healings, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So the Holy Spirit is on us so that we can literally give somebody a word of wisdom. Sometimes you will be in the, someone's going through depression or divorce. And you go, I don't even know what to say. And the Holy Spirit will bring some scripture, some thought, some song, some sermon to mind. And you give a wise word. Uh, 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 how, about, how about a word of knowledge? Jesus, this is how I know the Holy Spirit's not weird. Because Jesus sat with a woman at a well and gives her a word of knowledge and never tells the woman, I'm going to give you, you, you. A word of knowledge, 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 knowledge. He just reads her mail, and the word of knowledge was to bring revelation into her life of who she really is. It's, that word of knowledge changed this girl's life so much, she went back to her town, flipped it upside down for Jesus. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy, faith, miracles. Our God is not cruel. A cruel God lets us read about all these miracles in the Bible, but we could have none of them today. But my God put all these miracles where seas get split and the mouths of lions get held. And come on, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could be in a fiery furnace so that God can infuse into me. Come on, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody clap and thank God. Miracles are going to break out because our faith is in a good God. Clap if you thank God for it in advance. Miracles. Some people, some people have the gift to work miracles. And it's not them, it's God. Healings. Faith. I got, I, I got the gift of faith from my parents. I inherited it. My mom laid hands on me. I grew up poor. Anybody else? No, I'm talking about poor. Like my mom made our clothes. You ever rocked up to the pool in a Speedo that your mom made? Just rocking up like, what's good? <laughs> we were poor. I'll never forget my mom. We went to the farmer's market one time when I was little, and we bought a raffle ticket to VCR. Y'all don't even know what a VCR is. <laughs> we got that little raffle. Every morning at breakfast, my mom, she would lay hands on it. We'd lay hands on it together, and we'd ask. She, she'd teach me faith. Ask, and you'll receive. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be open unto you. I'll never forget when that phone rang and, and my mom, she started hooting and hollering and she hung up. She said, praise God, son, it worked. Our faith worked. God gave us a VCR. Come on, anybody want faith in your life? It's a gift from the Holy Spirit. 
Now all these gifts, all the, he's in you for you, but he's on you for others. He's on so you can help, you can serve, you can build church, you can add value, you can change your community, you can do something great, you can prove that the power of God is not limited to the Bible. The power of God is available today. Anybody want the power of God to be available in your life, to be used by God? Now watch this, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. Well, I love this verse. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. It says, remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer. The same Holy Spirit, he, he, he comes and distributes, and he activates, and he operates each of these gifts. So, so our job is just to desire the gifts, it's the Holy Spirit's job to distribute the gifts. Now, by the way, we do not treat the Holy Spirit like it's some buffet. Walk through it like, um, I just want, I'll do a healing. Um, give me, I'll do prophecy. That one looks good on me. And um, miracles. But all that other stuff, I, don't, I didn't understand. I'm good. No, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, that we should eagerly desire all the gifts. Why should I eagerly desire all the gifts? Because I want to be a blessing. Because I want to serve. and Because I got this encourager helping me. And I want to do my best to help people that don't know how awesome Jesus is. Never heard the love of God. That when I display the power of God. Come on. We didn't come to persuade people with nice speech. We came to reveal the power of God unto salvation. Clap and thank God if you believe that the Holy Spirit is on your life, anointed your life to do something that's beyond your own gifting, your own strength, your own heritage. Come on, give God a praise tonight. I'm telling you, he's on you for others. The Holy Spirit is on you so you can serve somebody. The Holy Spirit is on you so you can walk down the mall and see somebody and they're discouraged. And you walk up and say, hey, I'm so sorry. I know that I never met you before, but God wanted me to tell you, you're going to be all right. You're going to make it. The Holy Spirit is on you for others. He's in you for you. He's on you for others. Let me just tell you, these are the benefits of the Holy Spirit. In fact, write that down the next point. These are the benefits of the Holy Spirit. We grew up Pentecostal. I grew up in a Pentecostal home, and everybody used to use the word evidence of the Holy Spirit. I want to take away that word, please. And can we just replace it with the word benefits? Let's stop looking for the evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Let's just talk about the awesome benefits of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because when you get the Holy Spirit, let me show you the four things you get. When you get the Holy Spirit, you get the power of the Holy Spirit, you get love, you get fruits. And you get the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the first thing you get when the Holy Spirit comes on you is you receive the power of the Holy Jesus, again, this is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says to the guys, guys, do not leave this city. These guys were so afraid, they rented a room on the 8th floor at the Holiday Inn, Motel Hotel, Holiday Inn. They're on the 8th floor. They got a busted acoustic guitar. They sing in oceans at the top of their lung. Yes, it was that old. Spirit, leave me. Well, my trust is without borders. He said, don't you leave until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you have never walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. But I want to tell you, 
you are at your true version of you when you are walking in the power of the Spirit of God. That's your ultimate identity. And Jesus knew it, didn't he? So you receive power. You receive, what's the next one? Love. Yeah, because I love this about God. God doesn't make mean Christians. Like, God doesn't, God doesn't go like, I just want you to have all this power. You just walk around, I got the power of the Holy Spirit, and I got power, and I heal people, and I do miracles. And I, no, no, you receive power, and then directly right thereafter, you receive love. Why do you receive love? Because God is love, and the Holy Spirit is God. So watch what he does. When you get the Holy Spirit, you get power, but you get love for people that you used to hate. You love people that are your enemies. You love people that are against you. You love people that you couldn't forgive before. You love people that don't look like you. You love people that are from different places of the world because you don't just get power. Anybody thankful today that you get filled with a love that you know is not from you? It's from God. Somebody thank God. You're getting filled tonight with a burden and a compassion and a love for other people. This is how you know it's the Holy Spirit. Because when you don't walk in the Spirit and you're in your flesh, you're mean, you're a jerk, you're a terrible person. But when the Holy Spirit overwhelms you, you forgive and you're gracious and you're tender and you're kind and you're welcoming and you're helping and you're serving because He doesn't just give you power, He gives you a love. I love this about the Holy Spirit. The next thing you get is you get fruits. Which I just got to be honest with you, I'm a pastor's kid. I hate the word fruits. It just doesn't resonate. It reminds me of Sunday school, and I had too much goldfish growing up, and just. So I'd like to take out the word fruits, and can I just use the word results? Because what Galatians 5 here is saying the results of a relationship with the Holy Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, mercy, self-control, long-suffering. That is the result of walking with the Holy Spirit. You can use the word fruit. I just like results because I want results in my life, anybody else. I'm looking for some results in my life. And I don't want fruit, okay? I live around a lot of fruity people. I want results. So a result of walking with the Spirit of God is all of a sudden I got love. And I got joy. <laughs> you go through the, I'm telling you, you go through the worst. People say, why you smile like that? He's in me for me. I got love. I got joy. I got peace. I got patience. I got kindness. Ain't nothing worse than somebody out there that's like, I'm really working on being more kind. <laughs> that was so scary. And you're absolutely not going to get kinder. How do you get more kind? You, you walk with the Holy Spirit. And he makes you so kind. I have seen the worst, hardest, angriest, most terrible spouses become the most incredible people because of the Holy Spirit. Self-control. Some of you, your whole life is out of control. 
Your attitude's out of control. Your words are out of control. Your emotions are out of control. Your spending is out of control. People look down like this. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, I didn't. I wasn't ready. I, um, he knew it. He knew it. It was me. It was, it was me. How do you get self-control? You don't get self-control by being more disciplined. You're self-controlled by walking with the Holy Spirit and he arrests those emotions. He arrests those outbursts. He arrests that spending. Come on, somebody praise God tonight. Is anybody thankful tonight for the power and the promise? I feel faith. Come on, give them a clap. Worship team, come back. Single guy, come back. Come on, stand to your feet tonight. This is the last thing I want to tell you. Anybody encouraged tonight by the Holy Spirit? Here's the last thing I want to tell you tonight. I love this thought. Fear will grip you, but faith will release you. Come on, I love this. Fear will grip you. If you're afraid of God, you're afraid of the Holy Spirit, you're afraid of your past mistakes, fear has this ability of gripping us. You're afraid to move forward, afraid to forgive. Afraid to really yield to the call that's on your life. Fear of tithing. Because you worship money. Fear will paralyze you and grip you, but faith always releases you. Releases you into your God-given potential. Releases you into the true version that you're supposed to be. Releases you in the promise that God has for your life. Fear will just parent. Come on, some of you tonight, you're like, yeah, this is cool, but like, I'm still not. I feel faith rising for you because God wants to free you into who you're called to be. And you know who does that the best? You know who really frees you the most? It's the Holy Spirit. And you know who knows that is the devil. That's why I think from the beginning that as soon as the Holy Spirit was poured out, the devil knew how important this was in your life. So immediately he wanted to twist it and distort it and pervert it so that you would think it's weird. I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit gets poured out in the Bible, legit, the first time they preach, 3,000 people get saved. All of a sudden, people are just getting delivered, people are getting healed, people coming together stuff in fact the world knows it so much that they said of the guys these are the guys that are flipping the world upside down for Jesus but what did the devil say the devil the day of Pentecost the devil uses the language in the people's mouths they look like they're drunk on cheap wine they're weird there's something wrong with them. Come on, church. We are not going to listen to the lies of a punk. We are not going to listen to the lies of an accuser. We are not going to listen to the father of lies. We are not going to listen to the deceiver. We are going to receive the promise. Come on, y'all clap and thank God. The promise of the Holy Spirit. Somebody give him one more praise tonight before we go tonight. Amen. Can we thank Chad for coming here from L.A.? Chad, we love you, man. Thank you so much. I'm going to ask everybody here, I can't even believe he didn't even bring any of his brand new books. His brand new book is called Faith Forward Future. 
He just got off of a huge tour uh, that he did. Hope is, Hope is Here tour. Let's give him one more hand. We thank you so much, man. Thank you so much.